Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Joe Lynch, and today's podcast is Sustainability is a Competitive Advantage with my friend, Justin Golston. Hi, Justin. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> doing great. Finally doing this podcast. We talked about it for a while and finally getting around to it. And I'm finally, I've kind of alluded to sustainability in a number of the podcasts I've done in the past, finally doing one that's just about sustainability. So before we get started, Justin, please introduce yourself and where you work and where you live. I am just, well, first off, first off, how rude of me. Thank you for having me on <laughs> this podcast. I am Justin Golston. I am a professor of project and supply chain management at the Penn State University. <laughs> I grew up in Ashburn, North Carolina, small town in North Carolina, and I uh, had did my undergrad at North Carolina A&T in supply chain management. I then went to Penn State and got my graduate degree in supply chain management. And then uh, from there, I spent some spent additional time in industry and began to guest lecture at uh, institutions such as the Penn State and Rutgers and Morgan State University. And I somewhat caught the teaching bug. So I went and pursued a doctorate in leadership and organizational change, ultimately doing some postdoc work on blockchain at Cornell University. Before I came to Penn State, again, as I said before, I spent a number of years in the industry as a management consultant, primarily working with small and medium manufacturers. So I've always had a passion for sustainability and working in the industry, especially in small and medium environments. I've seen the good, bad, and dysfunctional from an operational perspective, as well as from a sustainability perspective. So I think it's great, Justin. I just had Jason Miller from Michigan State University on my podcast not so mm -hmm. long ago. And I think it's really great that Jason and you and other professors are reaching out into the supply chain world and the logistics world and bringing your knowledge, but also kind of taking taking back things you learn from us right. and so they can be applied. Because there's there's always that bridge that has to be built between industry and the universities. So the industry obviously has a lot of things going on. You guys are the ones who are kind of looking forward sometimes and saying, hey, this is possible. So right. and I think they're driving a lot of the sustainability discussion. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the big thing that we're talking about in higher education, where how do we blend, you know, the theory, if you will, with the practice. My career academics, you know, their theory based, I say, I take your theory out of it. You know, I bring the practice. I come from industry, you know, so that's what I talk about in the classroom. So it's, it's good to get a, it's good for those students to get a blend, you know, as they progress through our programs. Yep. Yep. So this is a great topic. Today, we're going to talk about sustainability. And Justin, why don't you give us, just to, to level set everyone, why don't you give us a definition for what is sustainability? So I'll first give you the academic definition, and then I'll give you my definition. According to the sustainability at Penn State University, sustainability is defined as, and I quote, sustainability is the simultaneous pursuit of human health and happiness, environmental quality, and economic well-being for the current and future generations. Now, very highfalutin. Yeah, very highfalutin. I am not highfalutin. I am from the country in North Carolina. And my grandfather would say, <laughs> I would translate that to 
leave it better than you found it for your youngins. There you go. I like grandpa's. I like grandpa's version too. So Justin and I, we were actually going to do this podcast with my daughter, Kelly, and she actually has a degree in sustainable business, which probably didn't exist 10, 15 years ago, but she went to Aquinas College. And so I got an education when she was going to Aquinas. And we talked about this offline, Justin and I, and the definition that she always gave me was there's businesses have traditionally tracked, you know, what's profit? Are we profitable or not? And she was saying beyond profits, could you also track whether you're being a good corporate citizen in terms of the environment and whether you're good for people? So if you could measure at the end of the year, what was our impact on profits? What was our impact on the planet? What was our impact on people? And it doesn't, it's not, it's not an either or. We don't want anyone going out of business so they can say, boy, we're good for people and good for the planet. That's not sustainable. We want to be sustainable on all three fronts. So, Justin, let's get started. So, why should a company bother with sustainability? Because we're all busy. We're in the COVID era. We're talking just before Thanksgiving. The economy is, you know, iffy. People are busy. I mean, everyone I talk to has got too much on their plate right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Why now? I mean, I know sustainability is important, but can it wait just six months or a year? To answer your question, no. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Sustainability is not a fad. Sustainability is here to stay. I think that we are seeing consumers driving the adoption of sustainable practices. And also with the age that we live in today, these same consumers want these organizations, small, medium, and large, to prove their sustainable practices. They want these organizations to be transparent with their sustainable practices. We have had a lot of greenwashing within the industry. We'll describe that. And that goes for all industries. Please define greenwashing. So greenwashing is essentially where organizations will have PR reports released to say all of the great things they're doing from an environmental perspective. Now, I mean, let me back up. And not just environmental, also. Right. Let me back up and let me say that, you know, whenever people think about sustainability, they primarily think about the environmental aspect. But sustainability, we have to say that we look at the triple bottom line of the people, the planet, and the profit perspective. When we say profit, we say, okay, how are you taking your profits and giving back to the people that led to those profits, you know, your your philanthropic efforts. How are you giving back to your communities? So whenever these organizations are saying, you know, okay, you're doing all this stuff. We're giving back to all these communities. We're giving back these millions of dollars to countries in Africa and things like that. We're doing all of this for diversity and inclusion. Well, are you truly doing it? Are you doing it because it's for good? Are you doing it for PR? Right. And I will say this, Justin, my feeling is on all this front is that this doesn't have to be either or this, you know, ideally the things that we are going to talk about today, you can improve your profit while also doing the right thing when it comes to people and planet. And again, because you can't sacrifice the profit. If so, at some point somebody says, hey, we went out of business, but we're good for the people and good for planet. Well, the guy who replaces you won't be doing those things, <laughs> right? That's, a, that's the challenge we all have. So I think when Justin gets us into this topic, we'll talk more about this idea that the new way of looking at it, it's almost like a new lens to look at our business at through, is going to ideally get us all three. Right. Anyway, so you mentioned consumers, 
And one of the things we talked about offline, Justin, is more and more people, I think myself included, you go to the store and if you see, hey, this is recycled, I'm going to buy that. Or this company like Patagonia, I know I buy Patagonia because my daughter says they are really good for people, planet, profit. And boy, if you look them up, they really are. They, they're a B Corp. We'll get into that in a minute. And I try and buy from companies that are doing the right things. And I think more and more people are doing that. So expound on that a little bit. Yeah. So yes, there's a lot of B, there's a number of B Corps that are coming out. And yes, people, consumers want to do good. And there have been a number of studies that have came out that consumers are going to pay more for organizations that participate in sustainable practices. There was a study that was released by Cone Communications that said 81% of consumers say that they will make personal sacrifices to address social and environmental issues. Well, they also found that 86% of U.S. consumers expect companies to act upon social and environmental issues. And then they also said that 66% of consumers and 73% of millennials are willing to spend more for a product that was sold by a sustainable brand. Right. So they're spending money on these sustainable practices. But on the flip side, these organizations see dollar signs whenever they see those statistics. (laughs) <laughs> right. Well, again, this is what's going to drive it is, you know, you see that we're talking about this being a competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. And ideally, somebody is this is what's happening. Consumers are demanding that we want sustainability in the products we buy and from the companies we buy it from. And it's just a matter of time before, you know, the companies you're working with say our supply chain has to be more transparent mm-hmm. and it has to be good for the planet, better for the planet, better for people. And we still want you to make a few bucks. So it's coming from the consumers and the consumer brands are answering and you see it more and more. And you mentioned rich people and young people are driving it. And usually those are where a lot of the uh, consumer trends come from, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would say that the organization strategy is going to follow the money, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and we'll get into this in just a minute, but there's companies you already see are using this in their marketing. Yeah. And Justin, this has come up a few times in my podcast already. It's here right now. There mm-hmm. are, are the industry leaders are using sustainability in their marketing and in, as way of doing business. And it's just a matter of time before... On some quote, some bid, they say, hey, our supply chain is becoming sustainable. Tell us about your sustainability efforts. And when they ask, it's too late. You can't go and say, well, we'll just add a few PowerPoint slides on that. If you haven't done it, you haven't done it. Right. And so we're seeing that in the finance industry. We're seeing that in the lending industry where sustainability is a part of some organizations' risk assessments. So before they lend money, they look at organizations' sustainability efforts. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. We talked offline about this one, and this one always sticks in my craw. Years ago, a few years ago, it came out that Apple was using a contractor called Foxconn. And I don't want to rip into Foxconn. Mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. they fixed some of the things they did, were doing we, wrong. We, we, we talk about them often in supply chain classes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so ethics classes. <laughs> Yeah, so they were in China and they had these factories and they're making phones. And I suspect they're making for a lot of consumer products, but they're making phones. And it turned out that it was not an easy place to work. And people were miserable there, committing suicide, all these different things. And when it was exposed that Apple was using that, 
I thought, you know, I know how Apple thinks. They're going to flip this and make this an advantage. They're going to say, hey, we're going to put a fund together or we're going to add, we're going to increase the price of $10 and insist that $10 goes directly to workers. We're going to make this a better world, right? Instead, I think Steve Jobs came out and said something along the lines of, hey, we all want cheap phones. And I thought, boy, what a missed opportunity to do the right thing. And also, that not just do the right thing by people and hopefully environmentally, but also have consumers go, I feel good about buying Apple products because did you see this initiative? They missed. They they swung and they missed. And you see that more. I think more and more companies are going to take advantage of opportunities like that and say, hey, let's flip this. Let's change the way we do business and, and gain some customers from it. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, it's a crazy. And again, I don't think I think if, if given a choice to do it again, I bet Apple would jump on that and say, hey, we're going to create a fund and we're going to drive into our supply chain the sustainable practices that will make you all proud of us and make you want to buy more of our phones. I don't so, think that they're going to I don't think they're going to be given another chance because the way that sustainability is reshaping supply chains, the way sustainability is reshaping industries. <laughs> you've already got you already got your pass <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah this is this is here right now so yeah. let's talk a little bit about how we're already doing a lot of this stuff so justin when we talk about doing something that's sustainable talk about how we're already doing a lot of the things that could be considered sustainable so whenever I'm speaking with leaders of organizations, the first one of the first questions I ask them is, you know, do you do lean or Six Sigma processes? Oh, yeah, we do that all the time. I say that's your first step in sustainability. You are reducing you're you're reducing waste from an inventory perspective. You're reducing waste from a process perspective. So you are you're eliminating waste from your supply chains. Now, as that translates into the logistics industry, are we looking to reduce packaging, you know, cardboard? Are we looking to reduce plastics within our supply chains? So so that's one of the first steps that we can take to sustainability. Or the half-empty trucks, right? So we, in the logistics business, we don't like to see a truck be three-quarters full. Mm -hmm. So if you said to somebody, hey, you do 100 truckloads a year, but they're all three quarters full. Hey, if we could get down to 75 truckloads a year, that saves money for the supply chain or the shipper for sure. And it also is good for the environment. So that's what we're talking about here. That's a win for the environment and a win for your bottom line. Mm -hmm. So these things don't, we're already doing a lot of these things. And while we're talking about this, I noticed when we were doing a little, I I can't help but notice because it's out there, Modern Logistics or Molo, they talk about tracking empty miles. Empty miles cost money. And Mm -hmm. Convoy's doing the same thing. This is no coincidence, fellas. Molo and Convoy are kind of the vanguard. They're the new leader, one some of the new leaders in this business. So follow the leaders. This is coming. This is not something that is going to go away. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, not anyone's doing it. Well, the leaders are doing it. And when right. you're asked by a shipper, what do you do for this sustainability efforts? And you go, nothing. And the molos or the convoys go, here's what we do. You're going to lose business. It's probably already happening, but it's going to be noticeable someday. Right. Yeah, and to add the academic research to that, the EPA said that of all of the miles within the United States, 35% of those total miles are empty. Now, that equates to 205 million metric tons of CO2 emissions total, right? But 72 million metric tons 
would equate to that 35%. So 72 metric tons of CO2 emissions could be preventable. Right. Yeah, or at least a chunk of them. Right? Yeah, a large because, chunk. Yeah, we're never going to yeah. get, I don't think we're going to get to zero emissions. Right, right. Everyone's saying that, but how, but, but, <laughs> we can talk about that on the list. That's a whole podcast. Itself. Right. But here's what we're talking about. We're talking about starting to recognize that that's waste, that we don't want the empty miles. We also mm-hmm. don't want to damage the environment. So when we start measuring empty miles, which I think probably a lot of companies are, I think that's probably how Molo's doing it, and that's probably how Convoy's doing it. And when we start measuring these things that both help our bottom line, but also help the environment. So you started mentioning reduced waste. So mm-hmm. if I'm a shipper and I say, hey, I'm able to take packaging costs down from 15 cents a box to 14 cents a box because the box is smaller. I've saved money, but at the same time, I've helped the environment. And that's where we got to get to. Yeah, that's what we have to get to. And it's not so in terms of reducing waste and process, it's not difficult to get to. And it's not rocket science because some of these lean processes don't cost me anything. You know, it costs me resources and it costs me time to implement those processes. So that's one thing that that's the low hanging fruit right there. Yeah, I'm an automotive guy, and I remember when we would be always looking at scrap. So if I'm stamping out parts, you always are looking at the scrap and say, how can I get a piece of metal here that you know gets me the maximum amount of parts with the minimum amount of scrap? Mm-hmm. And that's obviously sustainable because I don't want to have scrap because that's got to be recycled. So anyway, there's ways that we can work, and it's really just a different way of looking at things where we're doing stuff that's better for people, better for the planet, and still helping our bottom line. And so, Justin, let's talk a little bit about how do people get started? So I would say to look at what you're currently doing. If you feel that you are, you do have some sustainable practices. So, for example, if you do have lean programs in place, if you have Six Sigma programs in place, you are in the foundational, the initial phases of a sustainability initiative. A sustainability initiative is not like a six month implementation or a year long implementation. It is a multi year initiative. I would also like to say that that's why a lot of organizations struggle with it because they, they are focused on the short term. They're focused on the quarterly results. They're focused on the annual results. You know, this sustainability effort is a is a multi-year project. You know, it's an initiative. But I would say that once you choose that process, I would say begin to measure it. You first have to recognize what you're doing from a sustainability perspective. And again, it's people, plant, and profit. It's just not environmental. Now, I would also say to, if you were to Google the United Nations Sustainability Development Goals, there are 17 different goals. And one thing I explain to people is to look at those 17 SDGs and pick out the two, the top two that are important to you. And if you focus so, on those tell us a little more about those, Justin, just give us a sense for what some of those development goals are from the sustainable development goals from the UN are. Yeah. So some of those development goals are zero poverty, good health and well-being, quality education, gender equality, clean water, industry innovation, reduced inequality. So they're very broad in nature. And because they're broad in nature, if you get more specific for your organization or for you as an individual, If we all do this performance exercise, then all of these 17 sustainability development goals will be addressed by 2030, which was the UN's goal to meet where all of these are addressed. You know, when you hear those sustainability goals, they're obviously very big and broad, as you said. And I think the key 
to anything is to start now and to start small. Just get started. And you can't wait for a year. You can't wait. To, and I think this is sometimes the um, problem is when you say, I want, we want to do a really great job on sustainability and we're going to implement it the right way. And we're going to take our time. And you're almost better off saying right now, starting today, figure out what you can measure. Add one metric to your list, one KPI, and it might be empty miles. Whatever your organization should measure, figure that out and get started. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more on that one. Yep. So it's interesting in our business, we already are measuring empty miles. A lot of people are measuring empty miles. Now it's not, sometimes the, those empty miles don't belong to you, right? So you, you don't worry about the backhaul, but for, for trucking companies, they're already worrying about empty miles. There's a lot of other initiatives though that you can take that you can start with. And I would say measuring one metric is a good place to start, but water conservation, there's all these low flow water conservation tools that are out there. And a lot of companies are looking at biodegradable products, biodegradable packaging, using renewable energy like wind power or solar, getting to that zero waste goal where you say, we're going to start looking at how much waste we have in our organization inside our four walls, especially important for like warehousing that have huge buildings. I think I would say that you have to start somewhere. And that's one of the big misses. I mean, yes, we are early on in this sustainability tracking and sustainability process. And one of the things that I work with a lot of organizations on is that, yes, yes, they claim that they are implementing sustainable processes, but they're not measuring them. They're not tracking their return on investment for these sustainable processes or sustainability initiatives. Yep. And I think that's, you know, I think that's going to become increasingly important because if you're not measuring, you really don't know if you're getting better or not. And I think we want to be able to say to potential customers that ask us about our sustainability is go, yeah, we got a slide or two talking about all of our initiatives, you know, our goal for zero waste and some of the initiatives we've taken, our use of low flow water sources, biodegradable products, empty miles, whatever your few things are, or it could be related to hiring. It could be related to, hey, we're going after non-traditional hires. And Justin, when we were talking offline, I mentioned mm-hmm. that there's a bakery, I think it was out in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and they hired a whole bunch of people who were out of prison. And those guys sometimes struggle to find jobs. And they hired a lot of these guys out of prison. And what they ended up with is a much more loyal workforce because these guys said, hey, they took a chance on me. And so this is a way that they got hopefully less turnover, better workers, and we're helping the world become a better place because they said, we're not going to go after. So a lot of people might have said, we would never hire someone who has, uh, you know, had been in prison. Well, these guys said, that's our competitive advantage. We hire guys who made some mistakes, figured it out, and now are great employees for us. Another thing is if you're measuring I think that now you're able to share those metrics with your business partners and educate your business partners. Now you're able to, now you're able to create a win-win. Now you're able to collaborate on this sustainability initiative. And now we're able to, as a collective, to reduce waste. Yep. And I think there's another, you know, there's an organization called Smartway. It's through, I think, the EPA. And Smartway is worked, probably a lot of people listening to the podcast are already familiar with Smartway. But maybe a small move if you're a broker or 3PL, say we're only working, we want to get to a goal where all of our trucking companies work with Smartway. And maybe you say, right now we just measured it, 82% of them work. And by the end of the year, we hope to be at 90%. And by some date, we're going to be 100%. And and it's a little thing, but it's driving sustainability. And when somebody asks you, what are you doing? You can point that out. Easy. (laughs) 
So, Justin, one other thing I want to talk about is B corporations. And B corporations are kind of, it's a certification. So if the company says they're B Corporation certified, they uh, kind of meet these higher standards for social, environmental. They're more transparent. They're more accountable to those things we've just talked about. And there are companies that are starting to get that. Patagonia is one of them. And actually, I've just ran across a company called Crystal Creek Logistics. They're a fulfillment center and they they're doing that. And I talked to them the other day about it and they said, hey, this is a great way to run your business. And a lot of people are coming to them because they like their approach. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. Of, so, I, yeah, I was reaching out to an individual also in Oregon that he's he's sharing his knowledge. He's sharing his resources with these small and medium B Corps. So he's democratizing this, these resources, he's democratizing this knowledge to say, hey, you don't have to pay these consulting companies to help you develop these processes or to help you become a B Corp. It's like, right. <laughs> I'm here to share my knowledge. I'm here to work with you because we need more of these small and medium organizations. Yep. Yep. So this is a great topic. Thank you so much for sharing this stuff with us today, Justin. So please summarize this bad boy for us. I know we kind of went all over the place, but give us a summary. I would say that sustainability is not a like to do. It's a must do. I would also say to you have to start somewhere. A number of these organizations have already started. (laughs) They just don't know it. And Also, to create that lean thinking environment, and once you establish that lean thinking environment, once you begin to measure that, then extend that knowledge out in in education outside of the organization's four walls. I don't think that. And then another thing I want to say is we hear the term corporate social responsibility, but it is my mission to remove that term corporate out of corporate social responsibility in that it's everyone's responsibility for these practices, us as employees, us as business owners, us as consumers. Right. We're able to, uh, what you refer to is we can have the avoidance, you know, of, of the packaging and things like that. Amazon is showing up at my house every single day and, and my wife is ordering on Amazon. I was like, we really need that. <laughs> we need that. I mean, am I, I'm preaching this stuff and I'm, am I a contributor to this problem? You know, so. Right. So you're trying to get your wife to do less shopping because of sustainability. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like I'm making a font. My wife, my wife, Amazon showing up in my house every single day. <laughs> Triple bottom line. Come on, educate your wife. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, we're, we're even working on We're taking it one day at a time ourselves. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Justin, this is good stuff. I appreciate you coming on. So what's new over at Penn State on the sustainability front? Tell us a little bit about the supply chain school and some of the work you guys are doing. So at Penn State as an institution, we have an institute called the Sustainability Institute. It is a research arm of Penn State where it's interdisciplinary, where researchers and professors from a variety of different disciplines come together to address environmental issues, to address societal issues such as environmental justice and things like that. And I work with them on how do we bring the industry aspect or the business aspect to sustainability. Also at Penn State, the Smill College of Business business has the Center for the Business of Sustainability. And we are we partner with a number, a number of organizations within Pennsylvania to work with them on how to be sustainable. So we have Fortune 500 companies to say, okay, where do we start? And so again, it's small and medium organizations and it's large organizations as well. So we're working with them and we're doing a lot of research with some large organizations. And again, we're sharing that knowledge with the small and medium local businesses within Pennsylvania. So, I mean, this is, this is a group 
group effort. And I mean, it impacts every single industry. And I would say from a logistics perspective, we're beginning to do a lot of research on carbon emissions and things like that to see what other countries, because there are, there are other countries are doing better than the United States right now. You know, so we're looking at, at other countries and looking at the, the, the good things that they did. And because we... <laughs> I think that the new administration, there's going to be some policies that come into play that's going to impact the sustainability initiative. I think there's going to be some incentives within the logistics industry that's going to positively impact the sustainability within the industry. So we're keeping a close eye on that because we want to make a positive social change. We want to make a positive environmental change. And we all want to make more money. <laughs> that is true. And, and again, going circling back to the title, circling back to the title, you know, sustainability can lead to a competitive advantage. It can lead to a positive impact on the triple bottom line for an organization. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I'm a child of the uh, 60s and 70s. And I think in a lot of ways, some of us grew up with this. Either you do good things for the planet and be a good person or work in business. And that's really outdated thinking. You can do all three. And when we should do all three and, you know, business can be a, a source for good. And it usually is. And I think this is just one more way we can show it. And I, and I feel very strongly when my daughter went off to school for sustainability is that a sustainable business was this idea that, yeah, you know, business is a force for good. And, you know, the more we can bring that, the less kind of hassle there is, because there's still an element that looks at anybody who makes money and goes, oh, yeah, you must have cheated someone. <laughs> and, and that's not usually the way it's money's made. Right, so, right. so this is a good thing across the board. We have to, we just have to make these changes. Anyway, Justin, thank you so much. And... We'll have to do this again and talk more about one of these topics. There's a whole bunch that need more discussion. Yeah. Sustainability is very broad. But again, I think that organizations need to review those SDGs and see which ones are important to them. And then, you know, begin the process. Start somewhere. Yep. Excellent. We'll leave it at that. And thanks again, Justin. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Till next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com. 